0: what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh.
1: Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange on The Mesh Podcast Network, your monthly conversation about startups and small business where we give you ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. On today's show, we're gonna talk about an Inc. Magazine article which has some of the fastest growing private equity, excuse me, private companies in the country, how they got started and how did they turn into successful businesses? Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, Donald Trump's father did not loan them money. We're going to also talk about LinkedIn as a tool for your small business with Teddy Burris, with Burris Consulting. And we'll see if we can answer the question of whether LinkedIn can help you grow your business or whether it's just a good way to keep track of your old girlfriends. And finally... We'll wind up with our Small Business of the Month feature, where we'll highlight some businesses that you should be checking out. Welcome. My name is Jeff Newville. I'm your co-host and director of the Small Business Center at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory, North Carolina. I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller, who is dean of the School of Business, Industry, and Technology at Catawba Valley Community College. Gary,
2: how's it going today? Jeff, it's going great. I have to have this one moment to tell you about Wake Forest is 4-0 in football. So you know, it's late September. Yeah, that's, that's you know, who would have thought that would be sitting here saying that Wake Forest
1: is is four and O in football? It's if Wake Forest is not known as a football school, and Gary is our good listeners know is a graduate of, of Wake Forest uh,
2: University. So I'm sure it's a very proud time for you. Very proud, very surprised. We could be four and eight when it's all over, but we are four and O today.
1: I don't know. I th- I, I had a friend. Uh, emailed me that uh, the ACC football championship is going to be held in Orlando, Florida. A friend that lives in Orlando invited me to come down, and I said – you know, who really wants to go see a Wake Forest-Clemson football game? It's not going to
2: be, you know, not my cup of tea. Well, I think your Tar Heels might be there. You never know. Uh, never know. Never know. Well, uh, we're
1: we're sitting here in uh, beautiful western North Carolina in uh, late September, a good time of the year, starting to cool down a little bit. And at some point, we'll get our two weeks of fall in, and, and that's going to be good. So, anyway. We like to talk about an article at the beginning of each of our podcasts, and, and something that I found interesting was in uh, Inc. magazine. They surveyed the founders of their Inc. 500 fastest-growing private companies in the United States about how they got their starts, and uh, there was some revealing information for those of you out there thinking about starting your own business. So, let me throw some interesting facts at you, and you know some. Some should be reassuring. Some might give you pause. Uh, Interesting fact number one, 24% of the founders waited up to two years before they could take a salary, and 5% of the founders are still not taking a salary out of their company. So patience and deep pockets
2: are sometimes a requirement. Well, that is interesting. You know, we talk about when we're working with students and small business clients about not taking a salary right away, but uh, 24 months is... A Long time as well, so like I so said, some are not taking it now. You do have to have some deep pockets or uh, some resources someplace else, but that does take the pressure off the new business getting started. Yeah, but those
1: of uh, people out there assuming they're going to get rich uh, next month, uh, probably not.
2: So when you hear that, you say, Okay, I don't like my job, so I'm gonna go start a business, and it's not like a savings account where you put the money in and it, it comes out, of course. Savings accounts, probably not a good example these days.
1: <laughs> you put <laughs> your something in and it still doesn't. We'll, we'll get back to your savings account. There, there you go. Uh, experience in your field counts. Before uh, becoming an entrepreneur, 41% of the people had uh, jobs in the same field as in which they started their
2: company. So having that experience, very important. That makes sense, obviously. So they've got something to fall back on. They're not trying to learn a new skill while they're trying to develop a business. Very hard.
1: That they were asked the question, "Is this the first company that you started?" Sixty-eight percent
2: said no; thirty-two said yes. I think that makes sense. Most of the people we are talking to have lots of ideas, and I th- think the good news is they start. Maybe it doesn't go so well, so they start something different that they just don't. It's not a one-and-done type thing. It's okay to fail. Exactly. Yeah. So, so uh, sometimes, sometimes
1: uh, it's not going to work out the first time, but you learn and, and you move ahead. The biggest concern when starting a business. What do you think their biggest concern or biggest fear was? I think, uh, well, of
2: course, fear of failure.
1: That's it. Is he that it? it? That's it. You got it right. You know, and, God and bless. we didn't rehearse. Now we did. not Forty-three percent said fear of failure. So, uh, and, the, and the next, uh, the next was responsibility for employees. You know, when you when you, uh, have so your when own you hire people. You, yeah, thirty-nine percent said the responsibility for for, for employees. It's actually for a good you. trait. Yeah. So you know you, you know, you there there there's much excitement when you start your own business, but it does come with new responsibilities. So you have to worry about that. I thought this is this might be something people want to hear. How much did you spend to start your first business? Largest response: forty-eight percent was less than five thousand dollars.
2: So they're taking small steps.
1: Small steps. Uh, you know, there, there there was a scale of answers. The Biggest one was more than one hundred thousand dollars, and only eleven percent. Uh, one of the smaller answers uh, said more than a hundred thousand dollars. So a lot of these folks got started with the on a shoestring. Where did the startup money come from?
2: Friends and family, I would say.
1: Seventy-eight percent said personal savings, oh, wow. or, or okay. Gary's
2: Gary's personal savings. Gary's well, then savings. They, that's why they're only putting a thousand or so in, <laughs> or hundreds. So yeah, but you know, interesting that uh, you know a lot
1: of people assume that they need to go find a loan or venture capital but uh, for the most part the people that have started the fastest growing companies uh, they use their personal savings they probably I would suspect friends and family comes in there mm-hmm. next is uh, credit cards at 29 percent uh, angel capital only 11% uh, so and business bank loans five percent so that's that's a really small small amount mm-hmm Biggest challenge facing the business today, the largest answer was attracting and retaining talent. 45% of them said uh, uh, retaining talent. Uh, the next the next closest answer, 21% said staying focused. So the retaining talent, big challenge out there.
2: Well, that makes sense. I mean, again, you've got to have a good quality product service if you're going to build your customer base. So the last one I'm going to mention here, and there's more information, you can check it
1: out in Inc. Magazine, September uh, edition, but uh, most important social media platform according to uh, uh, the founders of these uh, high growth companies, private companies, what do you
2: think the, hot, the biggest one is? Well, I think the obvious answer might be uh, Facebook. Facebook was number one okay.
1: at 54%. What do you think number two was?
2: Maybe LinkedIn. LinkedIn.
1: It is LinkedIn. Oh,
2: good. You're either
1: looking at my notes no, or you've I, been
2: brushing up on this. I, I've been just uh, working hard to do the research because I can't see your notes. So I don't have my glasses okay. on. Okay.
1: <laughs> you know, in the business, you know what? We call that a segue. There we you know, go. In the podcasting business. And, and I'm going to bring in uh, today's guest at this point in time and uh, welcome Teddy Burris. Teddy, how are you doing?
3: Jeff, I am absolutely fantastic. Thanks for having me.
1: Teddy is the founder and owner of Burr's Consulting, which provides customized training programs on using social networking tools for business growth and personal growth. Teddy's based in the Winston-Salem area. He's got clients not only in North Carolina, but across the globe. Teddy has written several books, including one on LinkedIn, step-by-step, how to use LinkedIn, and he's written books on social media and networking, which you can find on Amazon. As well as in garage sales across the country, he's a LinkedIn coach and speaker. He's developed a LinkedIn professional development program to assist business teams build relationships. He's, he does work with our small business center here at our community college, as well as other small business centers and groups. So, so thank you very much for joining us, Teddy. So, sure. you know, when when people think about LinkedIn, I think traditionally, uh, you know, it had the connotation of, of being a Tool to help you go get your next job, or or I know it's being used heavily by recruiters, but talk to us a little bit about how LinkedIn can help a small business.
3: You know, Jeff, you're right. There are a significant number of recruiters, 97% is the latest stated, will hunt you down on LinkedIn to see if you are truly who you say you are on your resume or your application. So it's a big, it's a big career transition tool. However, it's, it's not a job search tool. It's way more than that. You learn how to use it in a way different way. Can I say it that way, way different way? You can. Okay. You, you can get far greater value from it as a business. Tool. Now, let me tell you, I, I, I can tell you how to do that based on four key activities. Number one, you have to create a presence. So, when people look at your LinkedIn profile on LinkedIn, they see that you are a professional small business center coach, consultant, trainer, leader, um, uh, someone who helps their community. Heck, let's go look at your profile. Go look at Mr. Jeff NUV, our director of small business center. I can clearly see. What you do and how you could help, and it's a and what people miss out on their LinkedIn is they forget the public profile and they forget to focus it on their most important viewer. They think it's their telling the world, which that's great. The world doesn't really care. You need to focus your LinkedIn presence on your most important because 440 million people use LinkedIn across the globe. Listen to these other two stats. 120, I think it's 140 million people in the U.S. are on LinkedIn. 140 million people are on LinkedIn across the country. Now, unfortunately, here's the next statistic. Only 25% of that 40 actually use LinkedIn at least once a month. So you would like to have a big role so you can find more of your support. But today, it's, it's, great. it's smaller than most people think, but it's still a great way to so, Number two, value of how to, all businesses can get value, from, and that's to create a network. If there's only 140 million people, we need to find many of the most important viewers we can and get connected to them. So you need to build a network of two people, your most important viewer and the influencer of these most important. So the second thing that you need to do as a small business owner to get value using LinkedIn as a business tool, is build your network. And what I teach people to do is you need to be connecting with someone to a regular basis. Often I get asked this question, how big should your network be? Not how big it is, it's that it keeps growing, and you keep meeting new people who are either relevant to you, can help you on your journey, help you with your business, or who can help them in their journey or in their business. It's not, you can't think of social networking. I need to connect with people and sell You need to connect with people who can help and who can help you. And it's called developer plate. And as you develop your relationship network that you're growing, a in, that's where you're going to find. That's where you're going to find opportunities. Conversations. That's where you're going to find opportunities. Okay. So number two, you've three. All right. So what is number three? The third thing you have to do is, social media, specifically LinkedIn, but also Facebook Twitter, is you have to build a reputation. And the way you build a reputation on LinkedIn is based on what you engage with, what you share, content you like, the content you comment on, and the people you engage with, the words you use, the information you share. And it doesn't need to be this big. It can be you share a little bit every now and then comment, something every now and then. Get into a conversation. Join a group. All relevant who are what you do. That's how you develop. A, 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 again, a positive reputation. A, 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 a reputation to be trusted, respected, and even liked. Because it's not just about sharing content about business. It's content around your, business, around your community, around your network. Now, the one thing you ever do or religion, is engage on anything that will diminish or tarnish your reputation. I tell people in a regular don't comment on politics or religion politician or a minister. But it's hard to Stay do, way. Teddy.
1: Or, I, I, I've heard that there's an election going on. I've heard that as
3: well. But making... that's not a part of my business. I think that it's my business to business network. Do so, you want to talk politics? Religion, let's go be it at the taste We'll talk about it. Okay. So those are three of the important steps you have to keep the small business up and make it. And you have to do all three. You can't do one. You got. You can't do just two. You got to use all three pieces. And you have to schedule, time, maybe fifteen minutes a day, to do some of those steps all the week to get back.
1: Okay. So, so you're talking about reputation. You're talking about network. And now, now help me translate this from Jeff the individual to Jeff the small business or Jeff the company. Of how am I, how am I using that to, you
3: know,
1: not not get my new job, but to find a way to grow sales or to move my business ahead.
3: But it is Jeff the individual. Jeff the individual is the person that represents and, and presents the brand of the organizational company. LinkedIn, just like Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus, Pinterest, Instagram, Snapchat, Tinder, you, know, you take the Tinder one out, that doesn't <laughs> matter. But social networking is a people-to-people, human-to-human networking. So we, and we have to represent the brand of us consulting I have to represent what I do in person being a LinkedIn coach, training, public speaker. But it's Teddy connecting with Jeff. It's Teddy connecting with Gary. Get into conversations with Jeff. Get into conversations with Gary and develop a reputation. Develop a trust, a respect. So that when Gary is ready and he needs a LinkedIn coach and trainer, I'm the first dude to think Well So whoa. it is a person a person. But we have to represent
1: the brand as we engage. Well, well, talk to us a little bit about you know, the, the the whole concept of engaging. So, you know, if I'm representing my organization, it's great. You know, we'll we'll assume that I've got a an accurate profile out there. Although when you were when you were talking about that, I wonder. If there have been studies done on whether people are more likely to exaggerate on their resume or LinkedIn, or are they the same exaggerations? But that's probably when we have someone from the recruiting industry join us, we'll ask them that question. But, uh, you know, as far as engaging goes, assuming we've got the right profile out there or an accurate profile out there, I, I still want to be able to go out and reach out, build my network with the right people. You know, what, what tips do you have for people to actually engage through LinkedIn so that they can be making those connections and not just sitting back waiting for people to find me?
3: Great great question. Here's what most people don't do, which I, I think is an important piece of using LinkedIn. Make a connection. Engage immediately.
1: And when you say engage. Here's what I mean when you say engage what do you mean
3: well here give you an example so uh i've i got a new linkedin connect request this morning from a guy who's relevant to me in some way he either is a business development manager a sales trainer or works in an organization that i want to know my targeted most important viewer most people would just hit the button to say accept the interview. i hit the button that invite. Then I go to his profile. His phone number's in there. i call him, And then I go, dude, you buy my stuff? <laughs> no, that's not what I do. <laughs> I very intentionally make the conversation all about him. I thank him for the connection. I let him know I looked at his profile. I see what company works for, a little bit of what he does. And I say, Jeff, tell me a little bit more about what you do. I want to know who I connect with. So, that if someone helped you, I'll be able to do it.
1: Yeah, well, here, here's my fly in your ointment, Teddy. It sounds like that's going to take effort and time on my part. What? No one told me about this. What's,
3: what's that about?
2: Hmm.
3: Did you look at the job description when you got hired? and told you you had to help grow this business. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, I, I, I probably
1: looked at it once or twice.
3: Yeah, I mean, it does take time, it does take an effort. But, you know, Jeff, it's very intentional about. Steps. And if you're reaching out and engaging the right people for the right reasons, you're not wasting I give you an example. If, if I'm connecting with the Barista from Starbucks, she is not deliberately involved or purposely involved in my growth of my business. I mean she's important to me, but she's not a part of growing my business. I'm not calling her. I might send her a link and message and just say, Hey, thanks a lot for connecting me and help you in any way. Let me know. But I'm not going to spend time. Okay. Because again, here's something else to forget about too. <clears throat> when you're connecting on LinkedIn. I don't know. I think that I'm connecting with somebody who can help me on my journey, my career, my business. But I may be help them on their career, their journey, their business. So that's one reason why I engage immediately. At the very least, I say thank you for the connection. But if I b- believe they're highly relevant, to my business, Then I'm going to reach out maybe a little higher well, So that's the first thing he gave me. Well, we'll flip
1: that around a little bit. Let's say that uh, there's a particular customer that I would like to do business with, and I'm the one sending out the uh, mm-hmm. I'd like to connect with you type uh, uh, message to someone that I'm trying to hopefully do business with is uh, are there are there is there a certain etiquette to that in that uh you know it, is is this just a 21st century way to cold call people or in terms of actually making a more meaningful connection what sort of etiquette or suggestions do you have for people in that manner
3: so first of all in linkedin's terms of services and 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 on the connect box on linkedin it clearly says, "Do not send an invite to someone who does not know you well." Right. Nobody pays attention to that <laughs> except for Teddy. I will never send an invite to someone who doesn't know me because it's not about making a connection. It's about nurturing a relationship, getting to the point where you trust and respect it, they want to know more about. You, potentially do business. So when I send an invite to someone. They know who I am. I've either seen them, somebody's introduced me to them, or I've engaged with them on some on social media in regards to their business and their content. So that's the etiquette slash uh, best practice I use. Yeah, you
2: know, I think it's because, interesting. Yeah, it's, I've been just kind of listening, and you basically, it sounds so straightforward things like you hear in a textbook or in a book. You develop a plan for how you're going to approach your LinkedIn Uh, program, not just haphazardly get as many contacts to say, hey, I've got these contacts. You're not wasting the time. Sounds so straightforward, but... Uh, you're not wasting your time and your time's valuable and
1: I mean, there's there's not a prize if I have more linkedin connections than you do
2: well that's what disappoints me because i have 73000 of them
1: okay well you you you're the it's it's like my my daughter told me she's got 500 friends on facebook and i say you know honey if you have five good friends in this life you're doing good that's i don't exactly. think you have 500 friends that's right so
2: uh, yeah
3: you're right it's a business tool
2: exactly you need to think about it that process yeah you need to think it about that way because you're wasting your time and you could be putting it in a different place uh, more successfully so so I mean
1: it's, it's you know it sounds to me like you you're suggesting that if um, I want to connect to a potential customer, you know, the, the first step isn't just blindly sending them some sort of LinkedIn, let's connect email. It's actually perhaps it's using LinkedIn to maybe do a little research and learn a little bit about them and, and finding a way to get an introduction. And, and once I've had that introduction, maybe then we we can be friends via LinkedIn.
3: Absolutely. An introduction is far more successful than any other way to get someone to know you. You get somebody who trusts and respects you to introduce you to someone that they in some respects trust and care about.
1: So, so, so where does LinkedIn fall in the, in, in the great scheme of things in terms of, you know, I want to grow my business. Is this say is this an arrow in my, my social media quiver or where do you, is it, is it equal with some of the other things or, or, or how do you see that in terms of LinkedIn within the social media umbrella?
3: So it comes back to this. If, In social networking, you want to use the tools, the platforms, where your most important viewers are. Now, you said that there's an article that said that 54% use Facebook or think Facebook's the most important. I would wager that's probably mostly retail or business to consumer because LinkedIn is more focused to business to business. Not that it ignores business to consumer, I ask my real estate agents, my current agents, and my mortgage brokers, and bankers. They're all going you know, to make it meaningful and business. But you want to pick the social media platform where your most viewers hang out.
1: Yeah. I, I think that's very good advice.
0: We'll get back to your show in a moment. Just a reminder, you're listening to The Mesh Any other uh,
1: uh, LinkedIn uh, tips or tricks that uh, you'd like to share with our listeners?
3: So here's a big one. Um, LinkedIn search is a powerful tool. And if you can learn to get good at doing advanced search and create a search for your most important viewers. To give you an example, I'm focusing on developing business opportunities in San Francisco. That's out in California on the west side, you know, that way. West of Asheville. It's not an international. I want to find business development managers, sales managers, executives who lead sales teams in San Francisco. So I went to LinkedIn. I set up an advanced search. First looked in the location of San Francisco area. Then I did uh, titles of uh, of, of business development managers. And sales manager and executive manager, I created a really comprehensive advanced search of criteria that I could put in. Okay, so I looked at a particular industries. I want to focus on manufacturing. I want to focus on um, uh, mark, whatever industries I want to search for. Advanced search. Here's the magic. Get this really cool list. You don't you don't want to waste time to get it. Use saved. When you do an advanced search, get your results back on the script. In the upper right hand corner, there's it says save search. And when you save that search, you save all your criteria. And even better than that, because I like you so much, I'm gonna let LinkedIn send you an email either every week or every month with the results of that search. So you're gonna get an email every week or a month, whichever you with the updated test, people meet that criteria. And so you don't need to go look at it again. I get it on hand to you because I care. <laughs>
1: there we go. <laughs> well, that sounds like a, a good way to, you know, the, as far as targeting what you're looking for, whether it be geography, whether it be vocation, you can cut and choose it the way you want it.
3: Yep. No yep.
1: good deal. Well, look. Teddy, we very much appreciate you uh, joining us and, and uh, sharing some wisdom with us today. And if people want to find you and uh, Teddy Burris and Burris Consulting, where should they be looking?
3: So it's really not hard to find Ted. If you, uh, it's T L B U R R I S S T L Burris mm-hmm. Double R I Double You Google that, and if it- Freak you out <laughs> I'm well, on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus, YouTube. I have a website. Just and if you want to connect me on LinkedIn, here's what I ask: send me a LinkedIn in Send the note, personal note. Tell me that you saw me on Jeff, Google, and Carrie's podcast.
1: Well, we we call it the Entrepreneur Exchange, but uh, you'll you'll probably accept yeah. it either way.
3: And, and just remind me where we met. And I promise you, if you tell me that you found me somewhere, I'll accept the invite that I will engage you and help you anywhere.
1: All right. So, so if people want to stalk you, they can look up T.L. Burris, two R's, two S's, correct? And yes, I, And I also believe you have a website at, uh, at www.burrisconsulting.com? I do. So, lots full of
3: ways of, to full of stuff.
1: Lots of ways to find you. So,
3: well, well thanks for having me guys.
1: Uh,
2: glad to have you. It's
1: been so, great. So so uh, we appreciate that, and, and encourage everyone to make sure they get out there in, uh, LinkedIn and LinkedIn, and contact Gary and, and myself on LinkedIn as well. And, Absolutely. And let, you know, if you, we we we'd like. Well, to. we may not be that important to him. That's, that's true. I'm not sure we. <laughs> we can may prom- not be part of his plan. <laughs> <laughs> We're not sure we can promise you a personal call, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do our best. Um, we like to share uh, small businesses of the month. Um, uh, when we when we get to this point in our podcast, and Teddy, is there a small business that you'd like to give a, a shout out to this month, and uh, one that uh, that uh, is of interest?
3: You know, in in Hickory, I met uh, a young lady has a company called Push and Putt. Her name is Susan Baloney, and she has a really interesting business where they make uh, some uh, very customized. Uh, What do they call them? Golf,
2: golf poles. Yeah, golf holes, golf sticks, golf pins. Golf pins go in the ground. Yep. With flags,
3: you need to Google push and putt. And here's why I like this. First of all, it's unique. It's pretty cool. Uh, It's colorful. Lots of people want to have it, and. She's using social media to get people to find her, discover what her business is all about. And uh, I really see her on the cost of growing in her business because she's using social media focused on her most important story.
1: All right. You got uh, Push and Putt here in beautiful Hickory, North Carolina. So uh, folks need
2: to check them out. Gary, what uh, small business are you going to share with us this month? My small business of the month is Grateful Growers Farm in Denver, North Carolina, and it's owned and operated by one of our horticulture graduates, Natalie Verez. She started farming because they were tired of food they were afraid to eat. I've heard of that in a few other places. Uh, one of them was a chef, the other's a farmer, and they've combined their passions to grow amazing food. It's a small-scale farm, features a big garden, lots of animals, pigs, chickens, worms. I'm not crazy about that combination. It can be tasty, I don't know. And they're looking to have sheep and rabbits in the near future. Their practices uh, for pasture-based products that are free of preservatives, which, again, is a a growing trend. They're focused on providing a happy and stress-free life for the animals and the meat for great quality. It always makes me sad. Think a little bit when they say a happy, stressful life when they know what might will be the end. Before we eat them. Yes, exactly. Great. In addition to picking up at the farm in Denver, you can also pick them up at uh, farmer's markets around the area. Their mainstay, though, of the farm is the Tamworth hog, which is a relatively rare breed known for its excellent mothering ability, disease resistance, and outstanding meat quality. It's a bacon-type hog, lean, long body. You had us at bacon. I was going to say it's hard. You know, when I think a hog, I don't think a lean and long body. But I get it. They raise animals on the pasture, and they don't give them preservatives, and so they're making sure that they're raising good quality products. And it's exciting that it's coming from one of our graduates. At no, that the college. Sounds good.
1: All right. Well, the small business that I came across this month uh, is a company called Common Bond, which is a New York company. Uh, which identified a need and did something about it. The co-founder, one of the three co-founders, is Mark Klein. He was an MBA student at Wharton who was frustrated by the complexity and the cost of student loans. So once he graduated, he co-founded this company called Common Bond to simplify and reduce the cost of taking out educational loans. They started in 2012, and it's a financial company, which refinances existing student loans at lower-than-usual rates, usually saving uh, its customers about uh, uh, 2% on the the interest rate and saving the average customer uh, over $14,000 over the life of a loan by refinancing it at better rates. They also make new education loans, and they're piloting a program for existing customers to make loans on credit card purchases. So far, they've funded and refinanced more than $500 million in credit, and their 2015 revenues were $5 million. They also have a very progressive benefit in which, uh, in order, we're talking about the challenge in attracting and retaining workers. Well, they have primarily a younger workforce, and one of their benefits is providing a monthly stipend, which goes directly to assisting their employees and paying off their student loans. So they're not That's only cool. they're not only doing it, but they're they're not only talking the talk, they're walking the walk. Um, so anyway, it's. Uh, uh, Interesting startup. They identified a problem. They came up with a solution to do something about it. You can check out Common Bond at uh, www.commonbond all one word c o m m o n b o n d dot c o. So check them out if you can. So if you've got a suggestion for our small business of the month, please send it to us at e-exchange at the mesh.tv. and if we use your small business we will send you a little prize pack and uh and our thanks and we also want to give thanks to teddy burris for joining us today teddy thank you so much we appreciate your time
2: thanks for having me teddy. guys go deeks
1: happy travels to you and I'm, uh, all right and uh you can find teddy at www.burrisconsulting.com I want to thank the mesh and uh suggest that you check out all the podcasts on the mesh network and uh you can find them online or, or go to the itunes store and
2: we will uh reconvene uh, next month we'll look forward to it looking forward to it and if you don't hear me talk about wake forest football you'll know that it was a, a typical wake forest football month
1: we'll know that it's almost basketball <laughs> that's season. exactly all right.
2: right take care take care bye-bye